Welcome to Cannibals, the place where cannabis and business collide. I'm Calvin Daniels, aka The Cannibals. Welcome to the new format of the Cannibals podcast. Told y'all we had some exciting new stuff on the horizon, and man, we are, we've got one hell of a new setup, uh, all new recording equipment, and one of the absolute coolest guests ever today, uh, Mr. Justin Dornell. He. Uh, we worked in uh, EMS back in our past lives together for quite a while. And now we're both in the cannabis space and exploring the shit that actually makes us happy. Yeah, uh, you actually starting your shop is what inspired me to to start mine. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. Okay. So I had um um I, I'm an ad, I'm a recovering addict and um not I, fun. No, no, <laughs> not fun. Um, and. Um, and I was in Lexington one time, and I, I was like, "Let's try this CBD shit out. Let's let's see what this does." And uh, I stopped and got me a CBD pen, like a little um, CBD effects pen. Yeah. And uh, to help with my anxiety, it kind of helped me quit drinking. And um, so I got one of those pens, and it it helped. You know, I was on my way back from Lexington, and I was like, "Man, I could sell this." And I woke up the next day, and I was like, "I'm going to sell this." And like, I've always been a a follower. Uh, to an extent like I've never been inspired by the best of the best I'm inspired by well fuck it if he can do it can I cuss on here yeah okay I'm like well fuck it if he can do it (laughs) then I can do it and you had started your essentially a CBD shop and um or at least that's what I thought it was originally and um and uh I was like well fuck if Calvin someone who also works in my field can do this then what's stopping me so then I the next day like I, I also I hyperfixate on everything. Like I'm clinically diagnosed with OCD. I know everybody and their sister says they fucking have OCD. It's like, right. do you really, or do you just like your spices ordered alphabetically? I mean, yeah, exactly. But like, <laughs> you know, clinically diagnosed with it and have been since I was 16. And I became obsessed with this idea. I was like, I want to start a CBD shop. And, um, so I pitched the idea to my coworkers and buddies the next day. And they're like, why not make it a vape shop? And I'm like, all right, yeah, fuck it. We'll do both. So it's a vape shop head shop cbd shop whatever and uh you know that was that's about a year and a half ago and um yeah here we are but I, I don't think if you had never started yours i don't think i'd be in business today so you're kind of like the manual transmission piece of shit car mm. of the business world i you don't gotta know. have somebody to kind of give you that little rolling start and then you can take off then i'm good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i um i don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> right. it's very seldom someone compares me to a manual transmission they call me a piece of shit all the time right. not, not a car um but yeah i you know like i do stand-up comedy too and i you know i never was inspired by like you know george carlin dave Chappelle, whoever was amazing i'm like you know i'd see these these super famous comedians that I'm like, oh fuck, I'm funnier than them. If they can do it, I can do it. And I, I'm not, com- I'm not comparing you to anything like that. I'm just saying if someone in my field that I know locally, if he can do it, then why can't I do it? And that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is both of our shops have transformed so much from where they began. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I started out with like two fucking display cases <laughs> and, you know, like $10,000 worth of inventory. Mm-hmm. And now I walk into my own stores and go, hell, I've never seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the dude that ordered this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful feeling to watch something grow because I feel like when you, when you work, you know, when you're just uh, punching at a time clock, you're working for someone else. I mean, if the business grows, it's like, well, maybe I was part of this, you know, but like. I don't know. I never did, you know, at any of the jobs I've, I've worked at, people will be like, you know, we're doing this and look what we've done. And I'm like, you ain't done shit. It's like, you know, the right. company's done that. You are a number. And I know not everyone looks at their employees that way. I, I know I personally don't. But like when you when you create a business and you watch it from its inception and you watch it grow to maturity, you're like, you know, I was instrumental in this. I created this. And it went from like you said, you know, two, four display cases. I couldn't fill one of them up. Yeah. To now, it's like we honestly need a bigger space. Yeah. And it's well, you've already outgrown your space once mm-hmm. and moved into another mm-hmm. space. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was like next, next door. door but, <laughs> you know, it was still a bigger space, and now you could actually knock down the walls between the two stores. And I wish she'd let me do that. Well, I mean, there, be great, there's someone you know. in the other one, but yeah, I'd. I'd well, yeah. I mean, that would probably fuck with the barber pretty. Yeah, bad, he wouldn't you know? like that. <laughs> Sorry, Kenny. Um, we won't do that. But uh, if there if if there was a way to like double the space, I think I think that would be good. It'd give us a bigger lounge area. But we're trying to utilize our space. But it's just, you know, it's 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 really amazing to see what can happen. You know, when you, and that, that's something I I think I can attribute to to my obsessive nature, and you know which is part and parcel of being an addict is when something when i'm in it buddy i'm fucking in it right like i am i am live and breathe my shop my shop is 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 so integral to my life that like and it's just it's it's a huge part of who i am and i think you need that to run a successful business because if you're just gonna half-ass it like that's that's the thing i I thought about like um you know because i i kept working in ems for a little over a year after I started the shop, and it was kind of nice to go and clock in because when you when you work for someone else, you can kind of just walk in, shut off your brain, and just let someone else tell you what to do. Which is, I mean, it's kind of nice to take a break like that. But oh, like, yeah. you know, when you own your own shop, it's like if I don't order that, it's not getting ordered. You know, if exactly. if I if I don't research this, it's not getting researched. So like, I don't know. It has its own stresses, but I, I think it's I think it's worthwhile. Well, and that's been one of my hardest things with mine is, especially in opening the second store, Mm -hmm. is handing over that control. And that's something that I've always been, you know, which that was the thing, you know, when we were in EMS, when we rolled up on scene, we were the, we were the end all be all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so now actually admitting that I need a team and Mm -hmm. building the team and all that being able to delegate and hand over the trust the trust is a hard part for me because like you know that was something I struggled with a lot is like you know I do things my way not saying it's the best way but like it's your baby you were the one who birthed it you know yeah you don't want to hand it over to somebody else and I don't want anyone to drag the name down it's like exactly you know if there's someone that's you know I would never want one of my employees to be rude to anyone or you know mistreat them because you're 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 essentially my name something i've created yeah is you know that's the image and you know i don't want that hurt i don't want it tarnished so being that you've opened your second i haven't opened one and i'd like to but uh that is going to be a difficult transition for me if i do i think yeah uh and you know believe it or not if you find 
can find the right people from the start, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. And that's one thing I can honestly say about, you know, the new location is we've got some of the most driven people mm-hmm. ever. Absolutely. You know? And that that makes a really big difference, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, in retail, there's a hell of a turnover. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, like I am, I am so unbelievably lucky with the, the team that I have. Like Brooklyn and Helena, if you hear this, you are invaluable. Thank you so much. Uh, couldn't do it without y'all. Ryan too, and uh, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's an afterthought. No, Ryan, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he'll listen to this, but like without without Ryan, Brooklyn and Helena, I would not have the shop. Like it, it would not be where it is because I mean they've been so integral and so much more knowledgeable of so many of the products that we carry that I didn't even know. Like Ryan's kind of nudged me, Ryan and Brooklyn have nudged me in directions that I hadn't really intended to go that have, uh, that have been beneficial to the shop that I wouldn't have thought of. And that, that's something I think as a, I've met people like business owners. It's like, I only do it my way. I won't take suggestions. Like I'll take suggestions all day long. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've called you. I'm like, Kevin, what do you think about this? Like I will pick people's brains. Exactly. It's all about building that team. And, you know, it's something I've heard in like, um, um, like psychologists that I've listened to, um, treat every person you meet. It's a, it's a Jordan Peterson. I think it's one of the rules or something, but, uh, treat every person you meet like they might know something that you don't. Yeah. You, know, you know, we're so quick to dismiss anyone that we meet, but like, listen, if you meet someone, there's a good chance they know something that you can take, put in your arsenal, and become a better person towards whatever ends that you that you wish to to go towards. So that's I do that all the time at the shop. They're like, well, you know what you need? I'm like, fucking tell me, because I'll get it. And exactly. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's because you keep. I keep listening to all these different, you know, other podcasts and reading all these business books and whatever I can to try to develop myself. And I keep seeing this, you know, one in 10 businesses fell within the first five years. One in 10 of those fell in the next five years. Mm-hmm. So you've got a one in a hundred chance of making it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of the businesses that even since I've been in business that have went out mm-hmm. and the vast majority of it comes down to lack of passion. I've definitely seen that. I've definitely seen just stupid businesses. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've seen that with, like, uh, especially where I'm from. Um, people, businesses, you know, up and you know, they, they rise and they fall really quickly. For, for to, to me, I mean, definitely, passion's definitely there. Um, you definitely need to be there. Like, people know if they call me, if they message me, if it's midnight, I'll come open up the shop. Yeah, like, and I think they'll remember that. You know, it's like you know, that's that's a loyalty. You, you, uh, I listened to something. Um, oh God, what was it? Super uh, 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 fans, super fans. You know, you don't need to get everyone's business. No, but if you get a thousand super fans that will spend a hundred dollars a year at your business, that's a hundred thousand dollar business. Of course, there's yeah. you know, there's there's costs and you know several things to that equation, but still, it's about building loyalty. But as far as the businesses that fail, they're usually stupid businesses, and the prices are outrageous. Like, the way I model my business is a quick nickel is better than a slow dime. If I can make a buck, that's a buck. Why would I let something sit on the shelf for a year to try to make five bucks? Like, just get it out the store. Keep going. Keep moving. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to you've got to have a product that'll sell. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some businesses that you just can't open up in certain areas mm-hmm. just because it's something that you, as, you know, 
it's a niche that you're in mm-hmm. doesn't mean that anybody else is going to be into For it. For sure. So you got to try to find something that way. But I see a lot of these people that will open up a business and they won't have like set hours. <laughs> and it's just, you know, if they're bored, they come in. And yeah. you can't do that with customers. Mm-hmm. You need to have, you know, they need to be able to know when mm-hmm. you're going to be there mm-hmm. so that they can be there. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've seen there's a, one business I won't mention comes to mind in town that's just uh, whenever the guy feels like coming in, I'm like, how how do you run a business like without set hours? Exactly. I also don't. Uh, this is a slight digression, but like, you're open seven days a week, right? Yeah. Why not? You know, why wouldn't you be? But like, and maybe it's a you know we're in the Bible Belt. Maybe it's a religious thing. But so many people close on Saturdays and Sundays, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like people need stuff, especially on the weekends, especially if you like. There's plenty of things you need on the weekends more than you need through the weekday. But, like, people want to close, man. I don't get it. Yeah, and that was my whole reason was staying. Whenever I first opened the store, I was the only business in downtown that was open Mm. after 4.30. That's it. How the hell do you close before anybody's off work off to work. come shop? It makes no sense, buddy. I don't get it. Like, we're open seven days a week, 11 to 7. We Only two holidays we close are Thanksgiving and Christmas. And honestly, I came in a few hours on Thanksgiving, and had I not been snowed in, I'd have come in on Christmas. Yeah. Like, But that's the dedication that I have for my baby. It's my baby. Like, Exactly. It needs, it needs to thrive. Yeah, because you care that you know your for customers sure. get what they need. Mm-hmm. Or want. Yeah, and a long time ago, you t- you told me when I first started, you're like, you don't, you don't, what is it? you don't make it rich by taking days off. And I mean, there's definitely a place for taking days off. And I don't yeah. want to, you know, that's not a hard rule, but like you need to be accessible. Yeah, exactly. You know, or at least somebody does. Yeah, absolutely. Even when, uh, last time I went on vacation to Florida, like I was, I mean, I was on vacation for about a week, but by God, I was still doing business, you know, via people calling me, messaging me, like things were being, you know, I was orchestrating. Exactly, exactly. You know, you've got to. You can't shut it completely off. And and that's that's the thing. Why where where business and entrepreneurship is not for everyone. No, because like I, I I mean that's it sounds sad. I don't have a lot of hobbies. Like I just don't. You know, I've got I've got friends who you know they'll put six eight ten hours a day on video games. I can't do that. Yeah. Like I'd rather be at my shop. I, I'd rather be, you know, building something like that. And I'm not faulting those people. Like, if that's what you like to do is what you like to do. But just, I don't know. Sometimes I'll stay open. Again, it sounds sad, but I'll stay open a couple hours later at the shop just for, I mean, whatever. What, what else am I going to do? I just Exactly. You know, and that's one of the things that as mine has grown, and like, especially right now because it's tax season, mm-hmm. is I don't get to be out front with my customers mm-hmm. as much as I'd like mm-hmm. because it's something I love you know I'm a big fuzzy social butterfly dude, for sure you know mm-hmm. I like to sit and talk to people and find out who they are and all that and I think that really helps in business too I think and, the fact that we're both personable really helps a yeah lot. yeah uh, and, you know I've seen people come into the uh, the shop and um, they'll just sit and bullshit for like ever and um they're like, it's so nice to come into a shop where people will actually talk to you. And I'm exactly. like, and I'm like, you know, this isn't, this isn't a ploy. This isn't a business tactic. I'm not just bullshitting you to get your money. I genuinely enjoy talking to people and being interested in what they have to say. So like for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very extroverted. I need to be around people or I go crazy. So for mm-hmm. me, it's just, I don't, it's a good thing. Yeah. And 
see, that's one of the things like what we were talking about the other day is that to be, you know, American born and all that, we're, we're as, you know, kind of that whole immigrant mindset mm-hmm. as far as, you know, being raised in Appalachia where mm-hmm. we are, you know, McGoffin County, where you're from is, you know, historically one of the absolute poorest places in the entire country. Yeah, and I think that is why um, a lot of people, I you know, I said earlier the businesses rise and fall in McGoffin. There's not a lot of people that try. Yeah. Excuse me. And I think that's because there's this pervasive feeling of hopelessness. Exactly. Like, like people have this kind of cookie-cutter lifestyle, something I make – uh, make jokes about it's like okay you graduate high school you become a meal right you know back in the days of coal you become a coal truck driver you get your double wide your you marry your high school sweetheart uh, you have a few kids and that's it you know let's go to Myrtle Beach or uh, Gatlinburg once a year for the rest of our lives until we die yeah and like people don't think that you can make it and I I, I mean I remember when I was younger um, I was like I, I thought the same thing I was like you can't make it if you're from this area, there's just not the opportunity. But like, look at Tyler Childers, look at Chris Stapleton, look at so many of the artists. There's some guy from Floyd County. It's an actor. I can't remember his name. Um, um, Johnny Depp lived five miles from from where I did. Yeah, from where I live right now. Like, you can make it, but you have to. You have to really put in the effort. Yeah, and see, that's one of the things that I think is a major advantage is the fact that you know where we were raised in such a poor area and you know hell our houses still have functional front porches (laughs) you know and that's one of the things that i had never thought about you know and then somebody mentioned something about a front porch and then i started noticing when you get away from here people don't have a porch yeah is that a thing is that a is, is having a porch a mark of affluence no it's one of those things that i think it's it builds onto the whole social thing. aspect of our culture. Yeah. Okay. Because front porch pick and sit and talk. Yeah. People hand, yeah. stop in the road, hold up traffic <laughs> to carry on a conversation <laughs> with you while you're sitting on your porch. <laughs> you know, and the fact that we're more open as far as you know having our lives on the front porch. Okay. You know, people stop, talk, see everything because. Your front porch kind okay. of ends up as a catch-all too. I see what you know? you're saying. Uh, I was I was a little confused at first. Yeah, no, there is definitely a, um, you know, there's a slow pace to our lifestyle. Yeah, and uh, which which can be really nice, um, from what I understand, uh, or at least the stereotype about bigger areas, and bigger cities is is everyone's in a hurry, and, and it makes sense. You know, like when you've got a, you know, you got you've got gridlock traffic, you've got uh, you know a long commute, like you don't have time to waste. You know, yeah. you've got to go, go, go. But, like, we're so uh, – this is the only place that I've ever seen in the world that that the right-of-way doesn't matter in traffic. People will just, oh, you go. Oh, no, you go. Oh, no, you go. It's, yeah. It's this, it's this politeness that's sometimes problematic, but, like, that's just part of our, you know, the Appalachian culture, at least in our area. It's yeah. like, bub, let's, let's, let's sit here and bullshit for a minute. Like, my buddy's from Florida, and he had to come help me, like, help me move something, something. He was gone for hours. And his girlfriend was upset. I was like, where have you been gone? You know, it's, it's 
20 minutes down the road, you just gotta move it 10 minutes, you should have been back in an hour. It's like, that's not how it works around here. Like, you go in, you bullshit. I saw, I saw a thing that was like, is the Appalachian goodbye. You know, when you're hanging out at someone's house, it's like, well, bye, see you later. And then that's when you're in the, you know, sitting down on the couch. And then bye, see you later when you're in the kitchen. Bye, see you later when you're in the utility room. Bye, see you later when they follow you out to your car. There's 15 buys and it takes 45 minutes. Yeah, if you don't hug and shake hands <laughs> at least five times, <laughs> did you ever really leave? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, my. Uh, I don't. I don't want to uh, beat this point into the ground, but it was funny. Uh, my ex was from Vir- Virginia, and uh, you know we'd go to Walmart, and she would get so frustrated because you know I'd see fifteen people I'd known. We'd be in there three hours going to go get some fucking toilet paper. Yeah. Um, so much to the the point that we would play a game of like how quick we could get in and out of Walmart, but like she saw it in a different. Uh, in a different light you know we'd be out in walmart getting our groceries and someone would come up and start talking to us and she'd be like that's so incredibly rude of them and i'm like how is that rude she was like well you're obviously busy you're doing something and they're bothering you and i'm like i've never it didn't even cross my mind that that would be considered rude because the opposite's true if you see someone you know and you don't talk to them then you're being an asshole but from their culture where they're so uh, you know she lived in um, a very densely populated area of virginia and uh, it's like, no, we've got shit to do. We don't have time to dawdle, like, get in, get out. You're being rude if you're bothering me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the other things that has really helped with where you were saying that people, you know, come in and chat. Mm-hmm. You don't get that at Walmart <laughs> or any of these other big stores, mm-hmm. you know. I went to a Lowe's away from here, which all of our Lowe's are actually manned. You know, the cash registers are manned. Mm-hmm. But I went to a Lowe's away from here, and it was all self-checkout. Oh, wow. I've never seen a Lowe's with a self-checkout. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's like, how autonomous does stuff need to be? There's mm-hmm. nothing personal. You can walk into a store, you get everything, you walk back out, and you didn't interact with anybody. Yeah, and there, there's and no I just pers- find that so foreign and so hope, hopeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no personal touch. I mean... You know, that's that's part and parcel of like a, a shop, you know, whether it be a barber shop, whether it be, a, you know, a vape shop, like part of that culture is to sit and talk. Yeah. And especially, you know, in an area like ours where there's so little to do, you know, the art of conversation has to stay alive. And there's very few places that, you know, it's like, what are we going to do today? Are we going to the museum? No, we're probably just going to bullshit at the shop, you know? It's yeah. like, what else is there to do outside of like, you know, getting fucked up? chasing pussy but which right. is nothing wrong with that um but like just to sit and talk yeah I, well i mean that's that's one of those weird things is like people will ask me all the time is like that are from away from here they're like hey you know what all is there to do at like, Lori <laughs> lynn's home place or whatever and it's like well i don't know i ain't never been there you never been no uh, i've oh. worked a lot of wrecks in front of it because <laughs> looky lose <laughs> Well, no, there's this curve that, for some reason, people away from here don't seem to notice is there, and they always drive over the hill in the same spot. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah so I've got to pull people from all over the world up <laughs> over the hill there. But as far as actually, you know, walking in the under the property, no. Yeah. And we've got the stuff to do. We just don't do it because we would rather spend time with Bullshit. somebody, I guess, you know. Yeah, well, I mean... Um, and we don't want to see all them furners, you know, the people from, you know, 100 miles away. The furners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, um, if you want a bustling nightlife, um, 
don't come to Eastern Kentucky, if you like to hike, if you like side-by-sides, if you like good conversation and, and just sitting and bullshitting with people, then yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't mind, you know. Not a lot of good clubs. Coyote Den, though. That's, yeah, I, there you I go. I hope it lives forever. <laughs> Vito's. <laughs> Vito's. I'm old. I never got to go to Vito's or uh, what was the uh, Marlowe's. I never got to go to Marlowe's either. I think that was sort of before my time. Yeah, I think you'd probably like four when Marlowe mm-hmm. shut down. Well, well, in that case, Mom might have taken me. And I right. don't remember. <laughs> yeah. So what all inspires you? Um, just because I know you've got all the other creative stuff going on too. Yeah, and that's I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly, because in order to be, I guess, successful by whatever standards we measure success, whether it be fame or money, it helps to uh, have a niche and to to be um, focused. And focus is some things I can focus on. Like, you know, hyperfixate. And there's some things that, like, I get really bored with. So, like, I mean, I do TikTok. Uh, I do stand-up. Uh, you know, I do the the uh, the comedy page on Facebook. You know, we have the shop. I was an EMT for a while. I was a, I was a personal trainer for a while. Um, I, I, I usually have my hands, or, you know, too many too many irons in the fire, I think right. is the, the expression. And, you know, that's, that's a problem. Um but I like self-improvement. Like, um, you know, my, my uh, a friend of mine, she, she was really into music. And then and my best friend, you know, really into music, really into video games. And I'm like, man, I really, I was telling my, my ex, I was like, you know, I wish I had something like y'all had. Um, sounds weird. Keep saying my ex. My friend. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I was like, I wish I had what you guys have. You have your music or, you know, uh, Dustin has his music and his games and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I was like, I don't really have a passion. She's like, no, your your passion is self-improvement. Like, you just want to be better every single day. Whatever I'm doing, I want to be better at. I want to be a better speaker. I want to be a better businessman. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better dog parent, uh, cat parent. Like, I, I want to I wanna just be, at the end of the day, I want to be better. And uh, that's where I get into a lot of like Jordan Peterson. It's very pragmatic knowledge about, and you know, politics aside, uh, I try to not get too far into politics. But like, there's a lot of really good uh, wisdom about just being a how to improve. Sorry about that. Um, how to be better each day. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm all about the... that. Zach messaging me right now. Your employee. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Let me see how to silence that. There we go. I thought I had a sound. Gotta love it when the outside salesmen are busy on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Business must be good. What about you? What, what 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 inspires you? Because I know you listen to a lot of like inspirational podcasts, audio books. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that that was actually the whole reason behind starting this podcast was I was listening to what everybody else was saying, and mm-hmm. I didn't always need that podcast that day. Mm-hmm. So I kind of banked them. Well, then when I started doing the podcast, uh, it was more to where it was something that I would have to hear myself because that was that was the message I needed that day. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so that's where all that came from. But like, I love listening to uh, Gary V and Andy Frisellis and mm-hmm. you know, all those guys. Uh, Big fan of valuetainment. 
all of his stuff. And, you know, nothing like that is in our market space because oh. our space is, you know, really new. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, you know, uh, Gary Vee, he's in alcohol. Alcohol's been around forever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I listen to a lot of the Rich Dad Poor Dad stuff, which is mostly real estate, which okay. is not us. Mm-hmm. But there are so many lessons you can pick up from everything The universal else. lessons, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh that really helps is because it's not exactly an echo chamber, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm picking up a new, you know, a little bit of a new passion or skill along the way in each one of their mm-hmm. things. Oh, for sure. Like I, uh, I've not listened to any of those people. I really do need to up my, my podcast and audiobook. I usually, um, um, I guess, uh, the things I've been listening to recently are very, I mean, it's all pragmatic, uh, like atomic habits by James Clear. Yeah, uh, you know, because life is, what, what's the quote? Uh, those the difference between successful people and not successful people are their habits, something like that. Successful person just has successful habits. I think that's uh, that's very beneficial. Um, uh, I'm listening to Seven Habits of Highly Effective People right now. I'm not very far into that. I like that one. Yeah, uh, it's it's been good so far. Yeah, um, Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life and Antidote to Chaos. Um, I'm sure there's more. I just can't think of them off the top of my head right now. One of my all-time favorites, and most of my favorite books are really, really old books, but The Richest Man in Babylon is one of my all-time favorites. That's one you really need to listen okay. to. Okay, I'll check it out. And it can't, um, it, it's just as, pertains just as much to society today as it did, you know, on the clay tablets mm-hmm. that it's translated from, oh, wow. you know, thousands of years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, a lot of those, like, you know, parables, some things are just timeless. Like, yeah. Like, some of those things that are, are cliche are just, the older I get, are just so true. They ring more and, true more and more every day. Yeah. I, and, I've heard of that, though. I've not listened to it. Yeah, that's one of the things is that I love, I love the modern stuff and I love the really old stuff mm-hmm. because whenever I run into a brick wall, mm-hmm. I can listen to something from, you know, the 1920s, you know, the how to win friends and influence people and mm-hmm. all that and realize that, fuck, people have been running the same wall forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's um, um, a lot of, not to digress too far, a lot of 12-step programs are, are kind of like that. It's like, you know, I, this you went through, I've went through the same problem that you're going through. Like, you know, all this is repeated. It's happened before, whether it's a new business or an old business. Like, people have went into the same universal issues of, like, retaining clientele, um, you know, uh, retaining employees, um, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. There's always something like that that you can apply. You know, just universal rules you can apply to whatever you're going through. And, you know, while your wall seems insurmountable, when you can pick up on this timeless knowledge, and go, oh well, well he went through this like a hundred years, a thousand years ago, two thousand years, whatever. Exactly. Well, then maybe I should, maybe I can apply something there. Yeah, yeah. That same wall has always been there, and so has the path to get around it. The wall may be a different color, maybe a different size, but still the same fucking wall. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's why I like listening to a lot of the older, the older stuff, the Napoleon Hill and stuff like that. Those guys, you know, it's timeless. Okay. You know, Napoleon Hill, a lot of his shit, you know, there's stuff from his interviews with Edison. Oh, cool. You know, so, I mean. As far as uh, this is, this, this my, I don't want to, I, I know I keep saying this, I don't want to digress too far, but there's a couple things that I think there's to, 
to be learned from, um, you know, you can find, so I, there's a couple ways I model my business. Uh, a couple things I've learned, um, uh, you know, the, the McDonald's, I guess what, this is probably too much of a stretch, but like there are some shops that I've seen that only have their item. Like, you know, they've yeah. got their one cart, they've got their one product of this. I try to have products ranging from you, you barely got money in your pocket. You know, you can't afford to pay attention to all the way up to the higher end. Yeah. Um, and also like the, uh, I like the Walmart model. Um, you know, Walmart, if you take something back, you know, you had that issue earlier. Someone yeah. had a broken stem um, on a piece that they'd bought, and it probably wasn't your fault. You know, it was probably yeah. wrapped up. Yeah. They probably broke it. But, like, they called back. You gave them a stem. It didn't cost you that much, but you've kept their business. Exactly. They will keep coming back. And that's kind of like Walmart's thing. Like, you can go into Walmart. My buddy Dustin used to work at it. You throw a fit, they'll give you whatever, they, whatever you want within reason. Yeah. But, like... What's that matter? They're playing the long game. They know you're going to come back. But now people are very temperamental. And if you piss them off, you know, why would I Why would I let like a $5 vape, uh, you know, piss someone off? I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll exchange it, whatever. But they'll come back. Yeah. You know, and they'll, and they'll, they'll continue their business. And over the long term, you know, my, my business will be viable and I'll, I'll make more money off them to reclaim their clientele. It's not worth it to me to just piss them off you know over five dollars or whatever now you know, people can take advantage of that and you have to be very careful because people will try to fuck you oh yeah uh, but within reason like i'm pretty pretty understanding about stuff and i'll help people out does it cost me some money do i have to eat some stuff sometimes yeah but i think i make it back in the long run right yeah that's that's one of the things is just figuring out that balance mm. but what amazes me are the people that will come in and they'll you know I'll give them a decal, and they'll go straight outside and stick it on their car. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They may not have spent five or ten bucks in the store, but now every time they drive down the road, people are seeing Six or six amp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Branding is everything. Um, yeah. I, I will, I'll put my name on anything. Well, the you, the, know. you know, the T-shirt giveaway. I got yeah. that from you. And, yeah. like, now there's people walking around wearing Appalachian Smoke. We didn't mention that. My shop's called Appalachian Smoke. Yeah, ass. Uh, ass, yeah. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even realize that. It's Appalachian Smoke Shop. And someone's like, hey, I'll, I'll embroider, uh, uh, you know, like the, uh, the um, what, am, what am I thinking of? The initials of your shop. It's like Appalachian Smoke Shop. <gasps> oh, that's ass. So then I ran with it. <laughs> I got a video of like... Um, when we got incense, and I was like, the best smelling ass in town. Come smell my ass. You won't find an ass like this. And uh, that was fun. But yeah, you know, branding is everything because um, it's name recognition. Like, name recognition is something big in politics. You know, if someone, someone, well, I've heard of that name. You don't know what the fuck they stand for, but I've heard of that name. I'll vote for them. Exactly. It's like, you know, if I, if I need, I don't know, HVAC repair or whatever, if I've seen HVAC signs everywhere, yeah. That's another thing. Uh, uh, billboard. When I when I got my billboard, it I feel like it legitimized my business. You yeah. Know, people were like, "Shit, he's got a billboard. That's a that's a legit business." Or yeah. when I got a scanner at the shop, I don't know how many people like love the scanners. Like, oh shit, this is a real business. You've got a scanner. Little <laughs> things like that. To that's that's what people need is they need to have faith in your business and they need exactly. to go like this right here. We're doing a podcast. How many yeah. how many shops shop owners do you know that have podcasts right very few or at least you know around here yeah but like people are going to listen to this and they're like that's justin darnell and calvin daniel 606 right. and smoke they've got podcasts billboards t-shirts stickers you know this is a this is a very these are important legitimate businesses i want to shop there 
Exactly, exactly. I would, you know, I know a lot of people away from here won't understand the whole flea market mentality that we were <laughs> raised on. You know, but there were a lot of legitimate clothing companies mm-hmm. that people were hacking their brands and logos <laughs> and selling them at flea markets. <laughs> That and they were getting before. pissed off about it, but it was driving people to them. Oh, really? I never thought of it like that. Yeah, because once they actually got the money and could actually afford... They'll get a real one. Yeah. Yeah, when, once they moved up from the $3 pair of Jokleys, they actually <laughs> bought a fucking pair of Oakleys. Jokleys. You know? <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard that. I remember going to the flea market, and it was like Hollister Cole, and it was just like, what, Times New Roman font? Right. Like a... Um, uh, what's that gilded t-shirt or you know hanes or some shit they got from the dollar general yeah and uh i mean you, they were very obvious knockoffs <laughs> but i mean it's name recognition oh that's hollister i've heard of that yeah imagine people that were only saw hollister at the flea market and then they went to the mall and they're like well, let's check that place out it's, exactly it exactly. smells strong and it's dark in here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't like this take my money i'm leaving <laughs> yeah but you know that's the thing the more places you've got your name the yeah well i mean that's um you know i've been writing jokes forever like um you know i've i've had i've had my social media page and been like quote what you call small town famous for a while which social media page (laughs) (laughs) yeah for those of you that don't know i get banned from facebook all the fucking time yeah and eventually i will uh, trump is following your fan (laughs) on getting kicked off of social media (laughs) and eventually after i'm banned so many times i just create a new facebook so it kind of restarts the ban over uh but yeah i've been writing (laughs) jokes on facebook forever and had i not had such a strong social media following i don't think the business would have done as well as it has because Oh, Justin Darnell opened a vape shop? Like, smoke shop? Like, you know, they hear about it. They see my posts. They see my jokes. They click on my page. They see where I work, Appalachian Smoke. And then it's just warm name recognition. You know, that's that small town famous guy who runs the vape shop. And it just it keeps people in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that absolutely has blown my mind since I got into all this stuff. And started the marketing and all that. You know, before I was just another dude on the fire truck and ambulance. Mm-hmm. And that's who I was for 20 years. Yeah, you know, I was making nine, nine dollars an hour, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are always surprised to hear how little we get paid. In the right. Industry. Right. Yeah. It's like the most I ever made as a medic was like 13 or 14 bucks an well, hour. That was nine. And that was with, you know, an ungodly amount of fucking school <laughs> and. You know, putting ourselves in horrible positions on yep. a daily basis mm-hmm. and killing ourselves mm-hmm. for peanuts. Yep, yep. But to have gone from that to where when I walk into places, and it's happened a couple times, and it just absolutely, you know. Lights up your world. Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes my, my little pee-pee place all you know, warm and fuzzy. <laughs> makes you junk wiggle. Yeah. I walk in, and people are like, hey, you're Calvin Daniels. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Yes, yes, I am. I am. <laughs> it is a cool feeling. I, I remember. It I, is. I remember. Well, the, uh, I was at Speedway over here uh, in Paintsville. Uh, awful place. I've never been to a Speedway that wasn't just ghetto as fuck. God, I hate Speedways. Uh, sorry, Speedway. Um, <laughs> get your act together. Clean your damn bathroom. Uh, and I was, I think I was on the ambulance and, um, I was pumping gas and some guy walked up to me and said, man, you're just Darnell. I follow you on Facebook and I, man, I, I look forward to your stuff every day. I love your jokes. And I was just like, 
that warms my heart. Because, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, like, you know, what I, I love to make people laugh. That's why I send them dick pics. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but I, that's, you know, that is my passion, uh, is just making people laugh. And um, it feels good when you get, to know that what you're doing is, like, impacting people. Yeah. And bringing people, you know, some kind of, some semblance of joy. Yeah, it, it absolutely just, you know, blows my mind how far that the two of us have came mm-hmm. in our own little worlds mm-hmm. in just a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've been doing this shit less than two years. Mm-hmm. And and that's another, um, you know, Jordan Peterson rule of uh, compare yourself to who you were yesterday and who someone else is today. I mean, I'm, you know, we're not as famous or, or um, rich or whatever as, you know, so many people, but like compared to who we were yesterday, a year ago, five years ago, hell, what was it six, six, seven years ago? I was homeless. Like I was a horrible, horrible addict. Uh, I, um, you know, I didn't work for like two years. Uh, I was just, I was just a piece of shit, man. <laughs> just a real piece. I lost my license to a DUI. I didn't have a car, so no car, no license, uh, no home. Um, my dad would let me live with him. Sometimes he'd kick me out because uh, I'd sink my dog inside. And um, just, just you know, didn't have a pot to piss in, didn't have nothing to my name. Walking the streets to go to the liquor store. Uh, people people would think I was jogging because my first, my first hobby after losing my license uh, was called driving without a license. And then after I got <laughs> caught driving without a license, my second hobby was uh, dress up like a jogger and walk to the liquor store. And then when I ran out of money for liquor, walked to the dollar store to buy Natty Ice and Milwaukee's Best. The Beast. The be- I love it. It's not, it's, it wasn't even, and I think it started out as a poor thing, and then I just my white trash jeans kicked in. I, was like, <laughs> I started craving it. I'd, I wasn't in recovery. I'd have one right now. Hot. Hot as piss. <laughs> Set it outside on a summer day on purpose. May as well have found it in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes better. Nothing like ditch beer. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing to think that in such a short amount of time I went from just piece of shit to successful entrepreneur. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, that's it's the American dream, I guess. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> Do you, are you a piece of shit? Do you want to own a vape shop? The American dream. Well, it seems like the most successful people, that's how they, they had to do it. You mm-hmm. have to reset to zero. Mm-hmm. To go up, been there. <laughs> yeah, the the harder you hit rock bottom, the better you are at climbing the fuck back out of it. Yeah, and you you, you mean you appreciate things more. Like, um, I don't know to to really go without. You know, if you've known true hunger, food yeah. tastes a little. My buddy, my buddy's in prison for a long time. He said hunger's the best seasoning, and that you know <laughs> that that is a that is a universal rule uh, for all aspects of life. The hungrier you are, the you know, the, the better it's going to taste. Yeah, I, that's one of the things that that a lot of people don't understand mm-hmm. is they see where you are and they don't see, you know, how far away you've been. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Bet David from Valuetainment, one of the best videos ever, and it is the one who got him pretty much to where he is in the social media thing, was his entrepreneur 90 second video it's a 90 second long one and a half million minutes out of your life that will completely change your life i'll watch it yeah and uh you know it shows him starting out with absolutely nothing going door to door knocking you know trying to make sales mm-hmm. to 
driving his Ferrari to work every night. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 amazing the uh, the changes that you can make. And and you know, one thing, um, you know, this wasn't an overnight success. Like no, and you know, despite the success that the shop has seen in such a short amount of time, the changes I had to make as a person to be able to you know run a business and all that these were very small incremental changes in becoming who i wanted to be very tiny one percent changes of getting a little bit better and then you can look back and go oh wow i used to i used to be a real piece of shit but it happened so gradually that it's almost like you don't notice it yeah yeah and that's one of the things that you see these people at the gas station scratching lottery tickets mm-hmm. you know spending all their money on scratchers and powerball tickets <laughs> i won ten thousand a day well how much did you put into it oh son i've i put a yeah. hundred dollars a day for and the what last do they do month. with that the, they months. treat it like found money uh-huh. whereas you know if you take and you build that ten thousand dollars you know what it took to get it there mm. that's why rich people go broke and they stay broke mm-hmm. or they die Wealthy people, they can lose everything they have. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could take everything that Warren Buffett's got away from him, and even at his age, by the end of the year, he'll still file on a massive amount of. <laughs> yeah, he'll income. still have more than the average person. Yeah, that's something you told me long or wasn't that long ago. You said you know if you know how to make money, you'll always have money. Yeah, and I mean there's there's a lot of factors to that, but I, I think what you're saying is like. You know, you can you can have some sudden windfall. You can. I've, I've never watched the show, but I've heard of like you know, lottery ruined my life. And yeah, um, you know, money isn't necessarily a good thing. You know, if you're a heroin addict and you get a bunch of money, you might just die. Right. <laughs> if you right. don't, you know, money's a hard thing to handle. If you, you know, there's there's a lot of things like just because you have money doesn't mean it's going to make your life better necessarily. Uh, depends on the person and how you use it. Um, but yeah, you have to be the type of person that can handle money and can handle business. Yeah. Yeah, that that's one of the things that whenever I, you know, from the time that I started till now, I look at my bank statements mm-hmm. and I'm writing bigger checks on the daily than what I had total for, you know, a quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, holy fuck, I've got all this money coming through my hands. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you probably never expected that. Like, I, No. And yes, it's my money, but no, it's not. Because that money belongs to growing what I've got. Yeah. You know, at any given time, you can cash out and be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's the fun in that? Yeah, and, you know, you, know. you, you really limit. I, I've seen that happen so many times around here. People will like, uh, well, you've seen it in EMS, man. Uh, EMS is notorious for... For those of you who don't know, in our area, uh, you could work infinite overtime for yeah. the longest time. They've kind of hedged it a little bit. But, like, you can start out, you know, be an EMT. You can be an EMT 18, can't you? Like, you have your driver's license, you're 18? I think so. And, you know, you can start out working literally, I don't know how many hours are in a week, but all of them. 128. 128? Yeah. Yeah, you can just live there. I've known several people that did that. And, like, you're making, you know, they start making these you know, several thousand dollar a week paychecks and suddenly that well they'll go buy a double wide and they'll buy a side by side and they'll buy a motorcycle and they'll buy a big pickup truck and well they're fucking miserable uh, because who won't you'll burn out like that. Um you see you, a lot of people in, in business do the same thing. When the business starts to make money they start instead of reinvesting that money, you know, 
my my thing that I always say is fast cars and fat watches because <laughs> that's that's usually what you see people. I ain't buy. got no watch on. <laughs> <laughs> I drove uh, I drove my little I still I still drive my little Cobalt or my little Cruise. Um, uh, I ain't going to no fucking debt for buying a car. I ain't going to no debt for buying a house. Like fuck that. I'd rather make more money if I if I invest my money long enough. Like, first off, what do I need with a big house or a big fancy car? I don't give a shit. You know, the 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 trailer keeps me dry, and my car gets me from A to B. I'm a very pragmatic person. What more do I need? Exactly. And, you know, why why go into debt? Try, why try to big, buy a house or a fancy car and keep up with the Joneses? Like, I, as, you know, as an addict, I know that those little things aren't going to bring me pleasure maybe temporary maybe i'll feel good for a minute maybe i'll get little dopamine squirts and i'll feel fancy but then the, the new wears off and i don't give a shit anymore and i'm left with debt so right. but you know if you invest long enough and you you're successful long enough eventually you don't have to go into debt to have a nice car if that's what you want you don't have to go into debt to have a nice house you've got enough money to where you can just buy those things yeah why do you want money? Like, what 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 is it about success success and money that 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 you like? I think it's just the independence. Absolutely, that's that's one thing. I think I think that's my big thing is mm-hmm. I just want to be independent. Mm-hmm. I worked a hundred and twenty <laughs> hours a week making someone else rich. Yeah, mm-hmm. five twenty four hour days, mm-hmm. and yeah, I had the big house and all that. Which even my house. Uh, did I ever tell you the story of why I bought my house? Mm-mm. I had been dumping money into the stock market, you know, twenty, you know, early twenties. I'd been dumping money into the stock market, and I saw this house, and it was like, you know, it was one that a cousin of mine had owned, big beautiful farm, had gas well on it, had a rental property on it, all that. Oh, it can make you money. Yeah, and I had all this money in the stock market, and it was doing stupid good. Mm-hmm. But every day when my uh when i would turn on the tv and i would watch the stock prices it's like this can't go on forever mm-hmm. so i found this house and at the time i hadn't been married long you know uh the now ex-wife you know she had a, a nice trailer that we lived in and mm-hmm. you know was always at work and was making you know really good money because i was working an insane <laughs> amount of time but i had all this money in stocks and then i saw this house and it's like well, shoot this place is huge mm-hmm. I can make money off of it. And if I'm only going to be off two days a week, I want to live in a hotel. Because <laughs> yeah. that's more or less what I did was I, I bought a house that I could make like a hotel to where it was nice, okay. you know, all the time. And I called the stockbroker and I went to take my money out. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, you know, the market's, you know, doing great, blah, blah, blah. And I can't remember what the, the initial interest rate was on what I had to borrow uh, after I made the the payment and all that, the down payment and all that, but the interest rate was like stupid high mm-hmm. compared to now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, "Man, I just got this feeling." And I cashed out the stocks, bought the house, and that was in August of '07, right before the crash. Right before the crash. Gotcha. Stock market crashed, real estate crashed. You know, all those bubbles popped at one time. So, boom, what would have ruined you? you. Yeah, what would have ruined me on paper, Mm -hmm. you know, now I've got a solid concrete asset. Yeah, and they ain't making no more more land, but Exactly. And, you know, that was the thing was in the real estate bubble when it popped was 
your house wasn't always an asset. Mm -hmm. Well, compared to the damn paper money I had, mm -hmm. it was because it was mine. So what did I do? I went and refinanced that son of a bitch for nothing because interest rate rates were next to nothing, and I had killer income on paper. Yeah. So I refinanced it for nothing. So the rental property actually pays for the payment on the whole place. Gotcha. I don't have to pay to heat it because I got a gas well. Yep. Yep. If I could figure out how to get the fucking TV to work on gas, <laughs> I, I, I would have a gas shit. TV. You know? So that was the thing there, and all these people were like, hey, good God, I can't believe you got this big house, you know, and you're, you know, on an ambulance and stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I do. But I mean, it, it was an investment. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I was buying it just to show off. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I want. I want my money to make me more money. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm. That's that's just what I want. My, my sister bought this brand new Jeep, and uh, she was afraid. We're, we're very close, but she was, like, afraid to tell me that she bought the Jeep. And by, by afraid, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm exaggerating, but, like, she didn't want to tell me because she knew that I would I'd criticize her. I'm like, why go into debt on something that's just going to depreciate? As soon as you drove, you know, if you paid 40000 for it, when you drove it off the lot, sis, it's worth thirty five. Like, that's such a str – my first job ever was uh, I worked at a car detail lot mm -hmm. um and the guy there would teach me he was like you know man your average person can you know they'll go spend sixty thousand dollars on a new truck i'll take sixty thousand dollars and i'll buy things that are rebuilt or need a little bit of work and with sixty thousand i've got a motorcycle a pickup truck a sports car a fucking camper and exactly. uh, a grocery getter and all these things i'll drive them for as long as i want and then i'll sell them that pays for you know all the insurance that I've paid on them and all the gas I put in them, and make me a little bit of money, and I didn't lose any money. You know these people are losing money. Yeah, I'm I'm gaining money, and like that's just that's that's just a mentality, is what it comes down to. Is how is this going to make me more money? Like why buy something that's going to lose money? I don't understand it, but I understand you know keep up with the Joneses, show your fancy. I've got a big dick. Look at my big truck. Whatever. Right. But like that's. At the end of the day, you've got a payment you've got to make. You've got a job you've got to go to, whether you like it or say you fucking hate it. And, like, I don't want to live like that. I, I want low stress Yeah. when it comes to that kind of stress. Uh, I don't know. That's just, I don't know. That's, that's always been my mentality of, like, how I don't want to sell my soul to shiny shit. No, absolutely not. Like, And that's what so many people do. Yep. Yep, that's it. It's like look at this twenty thousand dollar watch I've got. Because you have to, you have to start a mentality that I, I've learned a long time ago is all you're doing when you're working for a wage is trading your very finite amount of time on this earth for a wage. You know, like I'd, I'd like to. I don't know how many hours you know you average. Or, What's what's that rent? I can't remember the. It's how many? Uh, what is, what is the rent thong? Is it seconds in a year? Minutes in a year? It doesn't matter. It's not here nor there. Yeah. But back to my former point is you're trading your finite amount of time for a wage, and I understand we have to do that. You know, to live is to work. But you know, don't look at I spent ten thousand dollars on this motorcycle. Yeah. Break it in. Find out how much you make on the hour. Divide that. And find out how many hours of your life you traded to buy this motorcycle. Exactly. And then it, I think it puts things in a different perspective. It's like I traded months working a job I hate to buy this little fucking motorcycle to show hot girls, ooh, I've got a motorcycle. What kills me with these, these car lots and stuff now are they're always about uh, 
they're not about the price. They're like, well, you know, how much do you want to spend a month? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much do you want to spend a month? Yep. Well, you know, I don't want to finance a Fiesta for <laughs> 45 years. <laughs> You know, but yeah, that, that, and that's a trick. That, yeah, that, that's one of the uh, the salesman techniques uh, that they do is like, ooh, I've got it for like uh, people. That, that always always thought that was funny when uh, people would buy a vehicle. I'm like, like I'm like, how much? What's the miles to the gallon? They're like, son, thirty dollars fills it up. And I'm like, that doesn't tell me what the miles to the gallon is. That tells me how big your tank is. Yeah, like. You're not looking at it the right way. You're looking at it in a way. Oh, it only cost me $30, but how far does that $30 get you? And it's a, it's, it's a similar to that, uh, oh, I'm only paying $200 a month. What's the interest rate for how many years? What was the total cost? Exactly. Exactly. And how many times are you paying that off over and over again in interest? Absolutely. Yeah, I remember yeah. looking at amortization reports on houses back when I was in high school. And it's like a few percentage difference and you know, a few extra years. God, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it, it can be like hundreds of thousands more. Yeah, um, but it's one of those tricks. It's like it's only two hundred dollars a month. Like, but that's all you're seeing. If you make one extra payment on a thirty year mortgage, you're paying it off in like twenty one and a half, twenty two wow. years. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, um, but yeah, you've got to you've got to look at the uh, you got to do a long term thinker, and that, that kind of goes back to what we were saying about the businesses. Like, if you you know short term thinking is fuck this person. I'm not going to switch out this product. I've got their money. Yeah. That's long, long-term thinking is, listen, I'll eat $5, but they'll spend 100 this month. Exactly. So I, I don't know. And that, that's part and parcel of life is, you know, y- you have to be able to think long-term. Now, there's two different ways to build the biggest building in town. You either tear down everybody else's building. <laughs> Or you just build the biggest fucking building. Gotcha. Yeah, and I'm not for tearing down other people. Like me and you are. I, I mean, what are we? Twenty minutes away from each other. Something like that. Like I don't. I don't. I've never thought we were in competition. Like I would call you and be like, if I don't have something, I'm like, check Calvin out. Yeah. Or if I needed something, I don't know where. I, I'll ask Calvin. Like, I don't know. I think there's room for everyone. Yeah, and it's the same way with. You know, people ask town. me about stuff that's not in my wheelhouse, and I'm yeah. like, fuck, I don't know. Go see Darnell. He might know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's room for everyone, just not in my fucking town. Stay out of my golfing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't have the right genetics to be in my golfing. <laughs> <laughs> Your family tree don't go straight up like mine, does it? It's got branches. <laughs> yeah. Which, that's one of the things in eastern Kentucky is... Incest? The, is that what this podcast is Just the is amount about? of difference between one small area and the other. We are the most clannish motherfuckers there ever was. Yeah, the products that like sell at my shop, you can't give away at the next town over and vice yeah. versa. There's plenty of products that you've got that like I couldn't give away. Yeah. Well, it's the same way with like you sell an insane amount of disposable vape stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I've got a lot. But I've had that same lot for a really long time. Yeah. It's just not one of those things that moves here. Yeah. Each town is different. Location, location, location. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. That is a very strange thing. You'd think, you know, because all these towns are just imaginary lines that we've created. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not it's, the difference between Paintsville, Prestonsburg, Cyrusville is just stuff we've made up. Yeah. But something about the culture is different. Something about what people like is different. Everywhere you're going, there's a big hill in between. 
That's pretty much it. <laughs> and that big hill, the watershed that it creates on each side, mm-hmm. creates an entirely different breed of people. It's weird. It's very strange. And that's why, you know, you hear these people and they'll lump all of us in together. Mm-hmm. It's like there is a lot of diversity. Like the fact that we're extremely homogenous is a myth. Yeah. Um, Race-wise, we're pretty white. <laughs> if you want to put a blanket on it. Well, I mean, McGoffin does have a, you know, a pretty good Melungeon population. Yeah, I'd say most people don't know what Melungeons are. Right. Um, I just like saying it. It's just it, a fun it, word. Yeah, it's just Rolls a fun off word. the tongue. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's been fun. I, I'm glad that we've... I'm great, glad you created your business because... We wouldn't be here right now. Right. I wouldn't. I'd still be on an ambulance. Yeah. Or kill myself. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> right. Yeah. One's a slow death. One's a quick death. It's the same thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both usually, you know, at somebody else's hand. Yeah. So what's what's the next step for, for Calvin Daniels? What are you... Uh... Right now, just building the brand. Okay. You know. And what are your plans for that? I don't know. It, it's one of those things that everything keeps changing. I never thought I'd be doing the TikTok thing, but you were doing the TikTok thing, and mm-hmm. you know, I was seeing how you were getting the growth, and I'm like, I am not going to fuck with that platform. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out not, of spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you know, it's like Instagram started out as photographers. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't have been on Instagram if it was still photographers. Mm-hmm. You know, I shake. I got the shakes bad. You know. Oh, okay. It took me a second. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, you know, I didn't know it was for t- photographers. Yeah, that's what. That's why the old Instagram em, uh, emblem is the a, camera. Yeah, is the camera. I knew it was just picture based, but I didn't know it was like photography. Yeah, and, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, I didn't know it was for photographers. I thought it was just, hey, keep all your pictures. Yeah, no, it was just it was all photography people, and Facebook started out as a like a college dating thing. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, as these platforms transform. Mm-hmm. You know, now you get on TikTok and you see like people preaching and doing religious Any, stuff. Anything. And the model is brilliant because you know we have uh, you don't have to you don't have to necessarily search. You can just scroll, scroll. The algorithm will cater things to you. And like being that we have extremely low attention spans, you know they just last a minute. It's like next, 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 next. But if you if you like a content creator, you can just go to their page. Like it, it really is brilliant. Yeah. See, Vine could have done that, but they sold out to to Twitter too quick. Is that what happened with Vine? Yeah. And okay. see, Twitter was just a uh, best I remember. It was all just computer programmers. Interesting. It wasn't. It wasn't what oh, it how is they've now. Evolved. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's the thing is I I'm not a big social media person mm-hmm. because I want to I want to have something concrete that I can build on. Okay, something tangible. Yeah. Okay. And with the with the media stuff, with the social media stuff, it, it's like it's it's like trying to build on jelly. You know, you do, you don't know where the fuck you're going to end up landing at. Yeah, um, I definitely, as far as my, like, comedy, um, I think I've, I've I've learned a lot about how to, like, just make jokes and stuff, but as far as the social media, I mean, you know, the giveaways, I got that idea from you. Yeah. Uh, social media can be extremely powerful, extremely oh, yeah. powerful, but it's so difficult in our industry because Facebook's, uh, what do you call them, community guidelines are so stringent. Like, I get... Yeah. I get shit pulled constantly. Like I, I haven't even been able to post carts lately. Like the the Delta. Get on Cannabuzz. 
Okay. I've been I've been trying to get it. You know, is that a social media platform? Yeah, it's kind of like Parlor. Looks uh-huh. like Parlor. Feels like Parlor. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, by the time this thing actually gets on air, there may not be a Parlor anymore. Uh, yeah, I so, heard something about you know. that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of a cross between Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and. It's cannabis based. That's super cool, and yeah. I li- and I, I mean, there's definitely some things that I can learn from that. But like most of my people are on Facebook, so like yeah. you know they're just probably not going to get on there. Like you know I was posting. I don't know what's changed, but I was posting the Delta Eight cards all the time. I got all mine pulled two days ago. Yeah. So how are they? Like I mean, all the way back to June. Yeah. They pulled everything. Yeah. 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 Oh, so they, they pulled it from you. Okay. Yeah. 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 Facebook able- took them all away. I got. I got the whole, you know, Facebook warning, warning, jail warning. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit! This was all within like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is strange because it's federally legal. But um, but yeah, no, I haven't been able to post carts. Uh, I like Snapchat is wonderful. Uh, you can post anything else. I think they may take away nudes. I don't post as many of those anymore. But uh, <laughs> I was losing followers. <laughs> right. Um, but, but one Facebook post has gained you a ton of followers on on the Snapchat. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. That's that's brought in a lot. Yeah, thirsty motherfuckers want... everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think they. I'm not selling what they're wanting to buy. <laughs> right. I mean, anything's for sale, right? Twenty dollars, twenty dollars, twenty dollars, twenty dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so. Man, it, Facebook is really super difficult to like. You know, the carts are such such a good product but like you can't if you can't market it but that's that's where i like snapchat but snapchat i have so you know few followers i mean there's yeah. probably a few hundred but it's, it doesn't get the reach like facebook you know there's no you know the share the giveaway and all that so i keep getting new followers on snapchat and i don't even know where they're coming from because i really that's one that i've really let go you know it's like twitter i don't I don't use my Twitter at all now. No, I don't use Twitter. I don't use Instagram, and those are those are problems. Like I really well, should. I'm use too long winded for Twitter, so I've yet, I, I I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I cannot express the thought that I have in my head mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. I'm not a blur person, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I've I've got to be got a lot. I've got to be expound on it. Or yeah, you need more than those characters. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't like the format of either Instagram or Twitter, so I just stuck with Facebook, which is a problem because there are people on Twitter and, and Instagram, and I'm really missing out on that market right now, especially in the – like Instagram seems to be with the younger crowd. Right. Um, so there's a – there are posts that I've made, a few posts I've made on Instagram this very seldom because the shop has an Instagram page. I just haven't updated it in forever. There are a couple I've posted on there, and I made sales. Like people are like, oh, cool, I didn't know you had that. Yeah. But – I don't know if Instagram is pulling carts or anything like that. No, for them and Facebook to be in the same realm or the same company, I guess. Yeah, to be owned by them. Uh, Their guidelines seem to be different. Yeah, their guidelines are quite a bit different. But now one thing that I have noticed is I've started taking my TikTok stuff and putting it on Instagram uh, because TikTok gives you that that. little option thing. And that's really, really grown the uh, Instagram crowd. For Cannaboss is just me putting up my my few videos that I've done that TikTok mm-hmm. hasn't taken away. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter what platform I get on, I go to jail. Yeah, same. Uh, um, that's that's a weird thing about like I'm very institutionalized when it comes to <laughs> social media at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. I was telling women when I got a, I was like, I did hard time. They're like, Oh, where at? And I'm like, Facebook jail. Like, oh, baby. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, I'm I'm almost 
ready to buy carrier pigeons because I stay <laughs> locked down Smoke on everything. So I can't at get six oh six. Yeah, yeah. Damn it, damn it, the wind's carrying it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm about to start just doing my radio commercials as just a live feed, just so <laughs> to, just so that the FCC can do something to mm-hmm. me too. Yeah. You know? Fuck it. Let's get them all on board. Yeah, yeah. Let's just see how many people we can piss off in just a couple minutes. <laughs> Man, it is a problem. Like you know, back in the, I don't want to digress too much about the evolution of Facebook, but used to. I think the only thing they censored was like extreme gore and nudity, and now it's like you can't say shit. Yeah, yeah. Anything that can affect anybody else's feelers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gets you yanked. Yep. Yeah. It's 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 insane. Um, I don't know. It's it's problematic, especially for a business owner, being that social media is a tool unlike any other for advertising. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never. I never would have imagined growing up, uh, which you've pretty much had internet your whole life. I think I got it when I was, I was last person, because I grew up real poor, uh, last person I knew to have a computer. I think I was 14, so 2004? 2004? Yeah. Yeah, see, I still remember when you got on Rotten.com. That was Rotten, yeah. <laughs> and that was after the the two or three minutes of listening to it do the bangy, bangy, bangy thing. And... Shit, you'd start loading a picture, and by the time you got up the next morning, it might be to where you could view, <laughs> you know, somebody getting, you know, somebody's head decapitated. Oh, uh, that's that's like Kazaa or LimeWire. Do you remember those? It's like I remember LimeWire. I don't know the Kaza, other one. Kazaa was before LimeWire, I think. But like you'd spend all night downloading a fucking Godsmack song. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I remember on uh, LimeWire and before that Napster. See, I never got into the Napster. I think Kazaa may have been after Napster. I, yeah. I'm not sure on this. I'll see with Napster. I, I can remember, you know, setting a song to download and get up the next morning. And number one, the song that downloaded was some horrible rendition <laughs> by, you know. It was a kid's bop version. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it, it was beyond 80s cover <laughs> band type shit. And... Then my parents being pissed off because the phone had been tied up all night. Yeah, it's like, who, who picked up the fucking phone? I'm on dumb. Right, right. So, waste I, a whole night of your life, and now, you know, we can string music. And, man, I, 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 to this day, if you play, you know, all the all the internet was for me was porno- a pornography machine. So, to this yeah. day, if you play, like, the dial-up sounds, I instantly get an erection. I'm like, right. I call it Pavlov's dong. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, been classically yeah. conditioned. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the thing is shit just changes so fast. I think that's one of the things that kills a lot of business is they can't transition. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult to keep up with a a continually evolving market. But, like, that's where, um, you know, with with the shop, I mean, I personally never stop growing it. Like, always new products, always new things. Like, I'm never, okay, we're good. Like, it, it'll never, I'll never be that way. It's like, what new, what else do we have? What else can we fit in this fucking place? Like, yeah. how else can we can we do that? And you you have, it keeps people interested in coming in. Oh, yeah. To see what he's, I've got people that's like, oh, I'll just stop in and see if you got anything new. I'm like, I bet I do. Yeah, I've got stuff almost every day rolling in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the UPS guy, my buddy Jamie, he's like, you're fucking killing me. <laughs> Won't you quit ordering shit? And I'm like, no. And, and that's the thing is like, um, you know, some of that stuff won't sell. Yeah. You know, it's just like my, the way I look at like my social media, the way I look at business, the way I look at 
whatever is just throw it at the wall throw shit at the wall see what sticks and then go from there like that's how i found my my niche with tiktok you know i've been writing jokes for and putting them on facebook for fucking ever but like what people really like is the southern stuff they like things that are relatable they like the redneck shit and that's my whole that's my whole tiktok niche is that that southern comedy and i never would have found that had i been too afraid to to experiment and see it's the same thing with the business is like i do not have a penchant for research yeah i I don't i I get bored too easily i don't like look stuff up you know all the products at the shop i'm like i remember when you called me about the delta eight you're like i got all these fucking carts and i'm like you're full shit like it's cbd i ain't spending no money on that and i was like ah fuck it we'll buy i think i bought 14 yeah i was like let's see what happens and then now it's huge so like i don't know i just throw shit at the wall see what sticks and then learn from it I think my first order of carts, I spent almost two grand. Gotcha. And I was sweating hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now, if I don't buy ten to $15,000 a week mm-hmm. in Delta 8, mm-hmm. something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> I, um, uh, this is uh, uh, something I learned from, I was talking to my friend about this earlier when she was talking about creating a TikTok and finding her niche. And this was a story that I heard from Atomic Habits by James Clear. And um, he got it from something else. But the story essentially goes, I think it was a, and I may bastardize this if anyone else is more familiar with it than I am. It was a photography professor. And at the beginning of the day, he separated his his class into two groups. The group on the left side was the quantity group. They were judged solely their grade was by the quantity of photographs that they submitted. The group on the right was the quality group. All they had to do was submit one photo, and that was their entire grade. At the end of the at the end of this term, the semester, uh, you know, everyone submitted their stuff, and the group that was the quantity group did they out they outperformed the quality group by leaps and bounds. Like they, they did they did a stellar job. And the reason for that was is while the quality group was all focused on just getting the one really good photo. The quantity group was practicing with lighting and different techniques and, and just and experimenting and putting different shit out there until yeah. they found, oh, shit, that's what works. And I believe that's that's important in business and in, in life. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but I think, you know, going, just trying different things and seeing what works is is a is a really good technique for for success. But, you know, if if I had, you know, if I was too afraid to order a product because I was just doing too much research and, you know, indecision is a decision. Oh, yeah. So if you if you don't do anything, you've you've done something, you know, what I'm saying you've made the decision to not do anything. So um, just put shit out there. See what happens. There's products I've had forever that just won't sell. Fuck it. Sometimes that happens. But in that I have found some products that will. Yeah, which there's been stuff that I've ordered in that I went, man, these things are going to go so fast, Mm -hmm. and they're still sitting there. Mm -hmm. And then there are other things that I've ordered that I'm like, yeah, I might sell one or two, and now they're huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild. Things you never would have expected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with my jokes. Like Some of my favorite jokes that I posted got no traction. And some of the ones that I'm like, I don't give a shit, whatever, post it. It's like, oh, that blew up. Yeah. Those were. I just need some filler. That's it. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I just feel like maybe this is funny. Maybe two or three people will get it, and a lot of people liked it. So I don't know. Like, yeah, it's where the B side song hit better than the A side song. That sounds like a dated reference, but I think it's I, very <laughs> fucking dated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. And that's the weird thing is because there's not that much age difference between us, but 
as how, far how as you? years go. I'm 30. I'm 42. Okay. Or 41. yeah yeah i mean there's there's like 10 years between us but those were some of the 10 most formative years Mm -hmm. in our culture yeah and especially you know at the you know i mean people 20 you know people 10 years younger than me yeah like they they see the world in a different light they they understand things differently their technology is different like things are so changing so quickly and so rapidly like that it's each one's like a different world. See, I remember before anybody had internet. You remember before people had smartphones. Mm-hmm. And I had a phone, yeah. a razor. Yeah. It still works. And these people that, you know, are coming in and buying don't ever remember a time that people didn't have a mm-hmm. smartphone connected they to grew wireless up on internet. internet. Yeah, I was a, yeah. I was a teenager before I had the internet. So, you know, I'd still I remember driving you know before i ever got my cell phone like if i needed to call someone fuck i gotta call them when i get to the house like that's not a thing anymore yeah you can tell a girl's too young for you if when she's at your house the landline rings and it scares and confuses her <laughs> i feel like Ugh. why are all these phones ringing at once what the hell is that sound? <laughs> the home phone yeah, in fact, I can still remember as a kid getting my finger caught in that little round thing. I'm, oh, yeah. you, know. you know something I was thinking about recently? Like the you're talking about the the cord that like would wrap around the trailer five times, right? Yeah, on, on the on the landline on the house phone. Do you ever think about like if your grandparents were into BDSM? That's probably what Papa used to tie Mama. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we went down a rabbit hole. That's why it's so tangled. <laughs> Sorry, you know who you know who you invited when you right? you knew what you were getting into. Well, yeah, that, and that's the great thing, you know, with the podcast platform is I don't give a shit if anybody listens to it or not. Mm-hmm. I really, really don't because I just enjoy what I'm doing mm-hmm. and the people I get to talk to and meet and watch. Austin over here, our techie guy, You're killing it, twist Austin. all these damn knobs that I have no idea what the hell they have do. You watched, have you ever watched a, um, like, a, like a James Bond movie and there's a guy in the background t- twisting knobs, but like there's, he's not doing anything? That's what Austin's doing. <laughs> yeah. he, he's not adjusted shit right now. He's yeah. just like, oh, knob, knob. Looks like I'm doing something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as far as I know, this <laughs> is this a prop? Is yeah. it even plugged in? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Well, it has been an awesome afternoon, and uh, I think we've given Austin plenty to uh, edit on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I appreciate you being the first guest guest on our new platform mm-hmm. and get to use all of our new microphone shit. And mm-hmm. Shit's fancy. Yeah. Yeah, all this new stuff that I have no idea what mm-hmm. any of it Me is. either, buddy. But it looks really cool. Let's talk through like a tin cup and a string next right, time. Right, right. <laughs> It's kind of what it reminds me of. That's essentially. You know, we're in the digital age, and we've got fucking cables everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's all just built on the tin cup and a string. All right. But uh, hopefully we can do this again soon, and maybe this will get us both a little bit more traction. For sure. Uh, anyone interested in uh, my stuff, you can follow me on TikTok at Justin Darnell Comedy. Um, Justin Darnell Comedy on Facebook. Uh, the shop is Appalachian Smoke in Cyrusville, Kentucky, McGough County, Kentucky. Um, I have an Instagram. It should be, oh, it's Lovers and Libations. Because uh, for the longest time, I was a whoremonger and a drunk. Um, <laughs> and I like alliteration. So, um, 
yeah, just uh, check us out. Come to the shop, listen to the podcast, whatever. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Kevin. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, please let us know. If you would like me to cover a topic or have a question you'd just like answered, please email cannaboss606 at gmail.com. We're hoping to grow this channel organically and sharing the love is all that we ask. Please remember, you will fail 100% of the times that you didn't try.